Welcome to Your Pharmacy Career Podcast, proudly brought to you by Ravens Recruitment, Australia's leading specialist pharmacy recruitment agency. The podcast series has been created to shine a light on the diverse and inspiring careers of Australia's pharmacists. Each episode will focus on the varied career opportunities within the pharmacy industry by exploring the career paths taken by leaders in the fields of community pharmacy, hospital, industry, government and professional organisations. Careers never follow a defined path. Everyone's story is different and unique in their own way. The podcast series will help you discover the world of opportunities that exist and reveal pathways to achieve your dreams and aspirations. Whether you are a pharmacy student, early career pharmacist, or simply looking for a change at any stage of your career, the podcast series is designed to help you navigate ways into a career and a life that you love. Your host of the podcast series is Ali Sue. Ali, herself a pharmacist, is now the founder of Global Pharmacy Entrepreneurs and a passionate advocate for pharmacists to grow, innovate, excel, and make a lasting impact in the world. It's now over to our host, Ali Sue. Welcome to Your Pharmacy Career Podcast. This is Ali Sue. In this episode, I'm excited to speak to Lucinda Marks. Lucinda was named Intern Pharmacist of the Year by the Pharmacy Guild of Australia back in 2019. Fast forward to 2022, she is now a proud pharmacy owner of two pharmacies. She has transitioned from an intern pharmacist to pharmacist in charge and finally to a pharmacist owner in just three short years. I'm sure you're curious as to how she accomplished this in such a short time span. Well, without further ado, let's welcome Lucinda. Hi, Lucinda. How are you? Thank you for joining our show. Hi, Ali. Thank you for having me. So tell us about yourself. What made you want to be a pharmacist? Basically, I went to uh, a local high school where the pharmacy nearby would use that local high school as a catchment to get their front of shop staff. And the pharmacy owner approached the principal at high school and basically asked them if there was anyone that they would recommend. So five of us went up there, went for an interview. And yeah, the rest is basically history. So that was probably 15 years ago now. And I just really, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. I grew up, started from front of shop, went to the intern, did internship, pharmacist in charge, and I've enjoyed it ever since. Well, we're really curious. What's your secret? You became a pharmacist in charge in two months after your registration. Yes. Well, basically, being in community pharmacy, I always knew that I wanted something more from it. I didn't want to continue to, I guess, work as as a normal normal community pharmacist, I guess you could say. But I really wanted more. And so when I finished my internship, I approached my boss at the time, who's now my business partner, and said, yeah, I want more and I want to make it more cohesive. I want the pharmacy to work more as as one as opposed to, you know, like having your front of shop and having your dispensary. And previously working in a pharmacy where it was quite, the continuity was quite great. I wanted to implement that into the pharmacy that I was in. And I think I've done that pretty successfully since. Wow. I guess you've been in the pharmacy industry for 15 years for a long time, before your pharmacy school even. Yes. Now many pharmacists are leaving the profession, but obviously you love pharmacy so much. 
Look, I think you have a full spectrum of pharmacists, like you do, I guess, in any profession, like teachers, doctors, lawyers, dentists. You'll have a one end of the spectrum where you show up to work, you kind of do your basic dispensing, whatever it is, get in and get out. And the same thing with teachers, you probably get ones that don't put much time into their teaching programs. And then you'll have on the other end of the spectrum where you have pharmacists who completely put 100% into what they do every day. And that's a submersing, immersing themselves into the, the community and really helping people, which I think, I think people have forgotten a lot about. So for example, texting your patients after you've had a consult with them to see whether or not your treatment recommendations have actually worked. Do they need any extra further assistance or advice? Whereas, you know, that's completely opposite to, I think, if you put in a lot, you're going to get out a lot. And I think for a lot of pharmacists, I mean, I can't speak on behalf of the majority of pharmacists because I do understand the current climate in pharmacy. And I think that current business owners really need to reflect on what it is that they're doing for their pharmacists as well. Because I think if you wish for them to put a lot in, I think you need to put a lot into them as well. And by the sounds of it, like from what I'm seeing on these groups on Facebook, is that that's not happening, which is really, really disappointing because I think that's why people are leaving. Mm. Because then obviously you had a great mentor, you had a great boss. Who's your boss? Elise Morton. (laughs) Yes, she's my business partner at the moment. I'm Kathleen Tran. So we have two pharmacies that are about a kilometre and a half away from each other and the three of us run the two of them. But basically the thing about Elise was that she really, it worked perfectly because she had this relationship with me where I was really let off my reins. Like she wasn't really managing me as such, but like like you said, more mentoring. And I think that enabled me to branch out and fully practice to the best ability. Do you think that's missing in a lot of pharmacies? With some experiences that I've had in community pharmacy, I think it's quite disappointing because you do have some pharmacists that they're kind of on their high horse. And I'm very lucky because we don't have anybody like that at the moment in the pharmacy that we manage. But I think that would really deter people. You get these pharmacists who have this complex where they're better or they know more and I think that would really turn, I mean, personally, that would turn me off wanting to be a part of it. And So obviously you have a great mentor, but how did you find your mentors? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I was in that community pharmacy from high school, probably for like 11-ish years. And when I began my intern experience, you know, it was good. It was good, but the opportunities weren't the same as what I knew I could get elsewhere. So it was a really hard decision to leave, especially it was like basically family, like it was another home. And then I just, I wanted more and I knew I wasn't going to get that within that private pharmacy. I reached out to an old friend and then, yeah, she got me in contact with Elise. Oh, wow. That's so lucky. Very lucky, especially, you know, like when you're a quarter or halfway through your internship, it's, it's hard because everyone's settled. Everyone's got their internships and their interns. Wow, that's brave of you. You know, that's that's something normally people would just go through their internship. Yeah. And you know, when you talk about these pharmacists who are incredibly unhappy, I the best advice I could give to them, like I hear it within Canberra's a very small place and I hear it within this network. And it really saddens me to hear that there are better places. 
people need to move. Like if you're really unhappy, I don't know what's happening sort of within greater Australia because I think it's really hard in the metropolitan areas, but, you know, within Canberra there are many opportunities that are better than what they're experiencing now. So now you're the business owner moving from pharmacist to pharmacist in charge and now you're the business owner. What do you have to learn now as the business owner compared to a pharmacist? I learned, I guess, relationships. One of the biggest things that I've learned is a lot of relationships with your, because they were my colleagues and now they're staff, they change quite a lot. So not for better or not for worse, but just very different. I'm obviously a lot closer to my business partners now than when they were my boss, which I'm very fortunate for. General, I mean, day-to-day responsibilities and workings are very different. As an employee, I didn't realize how much, I mean, I knew business owners did a lot, pharmacy owners did a lot, but it really immerse your life. It becomes like your baby. It's something that you're consistently thinking about and making sure that, that it's running smoothly and you've got to be consistently thinking forward, especially with everything that's been happening with COVID. So with the vaccinations and everything, you need to be one step ahead which unfortunately has been hard to do, you know, when information is quite quick. I would say they're the the biggest changes that that I've realised. How would you advise pharmacists, early career pharmacists or pharmacy students who want to get into ownership? What's the best way to... It's funny because a few of my staff members asked me this when I I did some one-on-one catch-ups with them recently. And the biggest bit of advice that I can give anybody in, this is in any sector, like not just within pharmacy. My husband and I talk about this a lot, is that work hard, not, you know, work as if this is going to be, as if it was your business, even if it's not something that you necessarily want to get into, but the world is a very small place and you'll be very surprised at who talks and when the next opportunity arises, which if you work hard, they will be there. The opportunities will present themselves. Be really conscientious. Like I tell my staff, if you're not five to 10 minutes early, then you're late because you need to sort of be there, be present, you know, get ready for the the shift that you're about to work. From those little details to putting up your hand for anything and really immersing yourselves in the business or in the sector that you're in, you won't go wrong. The opportunities will fall at your feet if you work hard. Mm. Well, is it because you believe in the pharmacy industry? Yeah. Um, You know why? Because when you have these interactions with patients, like we do within our pharmacy, and I know because I've heard patients talk about other staff members like this as well, it changes their lives. Like something that we learned at uni that was so basic, when you pass that on and really immerse yourself in it, like we text them after they leave the pharmacy to make sure that they're getting better, that they're, if they need anything else. And seeing that and seeing the gratitude is more than enough to believe, I guess, in community pharmacy. Because you won't get that anywhere else. You won't get that from your GPs. Actually, that's a lie. There's one GP next door to us that's amazing that does the same thing. But generally, you won't, you won't get that from your GPs. You won't get that from any other healthcare professional. Like, and you won't be able to access them as easily as you do with community pharmacists. So. Wow, that's wonderful. Yeah, well, we have the intern that I was preceptor for last year. She came from Melbourne and she said that 
she'd never seen pharmacists in the same light that she has had since she's moved to our pharmacy in Canberra. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where it, it starts for all pharmacies. If pharmacy owners are empowering their pharmacists to work in the in the scope, you know, instead of just standing there dispensing the whole time, I think it's really important to give them the resources to do their job, you know, properly or to the full extent. What's your plan for the next five years now you're the pharmacy owner? Yeah, that's a really good question. At the moment, which is very unusual for me, I haven't really looked past the next sort of 12 months. I just really want to focus on, because I'm still quite young within this industry, I just really want to focus on learning as much as I can from Elise and Kat, because I think being in the industry for as long as especially, so Elise bought in when she was like 26, 20, 25. So she's been in industry for a long time. And I think I have a lot to learn from her. So I haven't really looked past the next sort of 12 months because I think I really need to grasp the foundation of running and managing a pharmacy before I kind of make any grand plans. But in terms of changing things within pharmacy, I don't know, I think it's just doing what we're doing at the moment. We're really trying to focus on staff and empowering them, like really little things. Each pharmacist has a business card. So instead of, you know, when you go to your community pharmacy and you have these interactions, you probably won't get the same pharmacist each time, which is really difficult because the patient has to kind of relay the story again. Whereas within our pharmacy, you the patient gets given a business card with the pharmacist's contact details so that they know who they spoke to so that mm. they can continue that journey with that pharmacist. Mm. Yeah. I love that, yeah. And it's so small. It's so small, but it makes a big difference. Love it. So just, I think little things like that for the next few years and just really finding my feet, I think that's mm. fair. So how do you deal with when your pharmacy is really busy? The pharmacy that I work in currently, that I partner in currently, Capital Chemist in Corwell, that is, it is a quite, it's quite a busy pharmacy. Yeah. That I think is really important for anyone, not just pharmacists, but it's really important to prioritise your tasks. So there are things that can wait and that, you know, don't need to be done immediately. And then I think it's really important to utilise the people that you have around you. Like we have a so we have a forward dispensing system where we have four pods. So two pods are generally manned by a pharmacist and then we have a dispensary at the back where there'll be a pharmacist and a tech. And then in the middle of these four pods, we have what we call a triage person, which is basically a person who is a front of shop assistant and they guns blazing first person to approach the patient and they will basically filter the information so I think if you utilise the people around you, like if we didn't have that person and we notice when that person isn't there, it puts a lot of stress on pharmacists, I think, unnecessarily. Whereas if you utilise your assistants and upskill them, when it, in, when it does get busy, everybody knows their position and everybody knows, you know, where they need to be. And also communication is massive. Like I think if everybody understands that we're here to help people, and when you're told or, you know, when you're asked to do something or be somewhere, it's just in the interest of, you know, making this a better system so that the patient's looked after and that experience is, is at its best. If you're hiring someone or even a pharmacy student, what are you looking for? It's a good question. So recently when we've hired the past couple of pharmacists, the differentiating factor is I think being able to communicate with them and having a sense of humour. So. Our team at the moment, there is just 
such an immense connection between everybody in that uh, we're really fortunate. So everybody laughs, jokes, and then is able to get back and, and do what they need to do to have a successful day. And I think that's what, that's definitely what I would look for. I mean, you obviously, if you've been to uni, you've passed your degree, you have the knowledge within pharmacy. So I think getting that personality that fits within your team is really important because you could know everything and then not be able to have a conversation with the patient. And that's no good because that's not the type of pharmacy that we're running. We want someone to be able to have lighthearted, life-changing conversations with people. Mm. We don't want run-of-the-mill, no personality. You know, you become a pharmacy owner in two years' time after working with Capital Chemist. Have you ever failed? Ah, yes. So I think every good story has a has a failure story behind it from what I've heard. Um, so basically I did, I failed a couple of times at uni. Uni was, it wasn't easy for me. It was, it was, it was quite hard. My father was quite sick and he ended up passing away in my last year of uni. So it was, it was difficult and I did fail a few times, but you should just really, I think, think about the end game and just keep going despite all the, the adversities that you have. I also failed my intern exam as well. I basically cut ties with community pharmacy after I finished that because I thought, look, this industry doesn't deserve me. You know, I'm so passionate about it. And I I felt like my failure was just so, um, I guess, not insignificant, but um, I guess uncalled for in a way. But uh, I, I think those adversities make you stronger and you learn from them. And then the the successes are ever so more like they're more sweet after you've had those. If um if anyone's failed, it's not the, it's not the end of the world. I know it's really easy to say that in hindsight, but if you just push yourself and keep going, you'll learn from it. And everyone told me this when I failed my exams. I didn't listen to them. <laughs> Even the guy who called me after I did my intern exam said to me, "Keep going, do not stop." And I I said to him, "No, nah, I'm done." But then, I don't know, I think I just got over it and, and kept going. So keep going. <laughs> Thank you. Any other advice you want to give to our pharmacy students or early career pharmacists? Other than what I've said, probably that if you have some sort of interest in something, really write it. Follow your heart. Say if you're interested in, I don't know, fertility medication or what else is there? I don't know, like skin, like I have a really weird interest in skin conditions and things and how I can help, you know, band together with the doctors around you. Don't just stay within your bubble, you know, learn more about that condition. And then you'll find that people will come to you and ask you these questions and you'll kind of have this little specialty within within your pharmacy. And it empowers you to do more things to help your community. Like you don't Mm -hmm. have be this like you don't have to sit in this box and be this community pharmacist and I think that's where people are being completely dissatisfied and they're made to stand there and do one thing and not be able to really use like we learn a lot at uni like to be able to use the knowledge that we have so really get out there don't worry about what people think don't worry about you know the worst thing is someone might say no to you big deal you move on keep going Mm -hmm. thank you so much learned a lot Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Your Pharmacy Career Podcast, proudly brought to you by Ravens Recruitment, Australia's leading specialist pharmacy recruitment agency. 
If you enjoyed this episode and know anyone else who you think would benefit from it, we would be grateful if you could share it with them. Together, we help even more pharmacists develop a career and life they love. If you have any questions or suggestions about future podcast episodes, please reach out to us via email info at ravensrecruitment.com.au.